Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 198 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for joining us this week, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Now in this week's episode, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome Glenn O'Brien back on the podcast. Glenn has been on the show a number of times, as you well know, but it was great to get him back on, have a chat about how the Vitus first tracks Enduro Series at Bigwood went. It was the first race, loads of people were stoked to get riding, so we chat to him about that, we chat to him about what the turnout was like, and how the new race format was received by the riders as well, which went down an absolute storm. We also chat to Glenn about why he was racing the Vitus XC Rapid Bike, very surprised to see him on that, as a lot of people were, because he put social posts up of him riding it, and uh, he got a lot of comments on it. So we chat to him about that. He goes into a little bit more detail on the setup of that bike, what components he changed for the race at Bigwood. Now, we also chat to him about the Ravensdale race number two, which, if you're listening to this on the Thursday or Friday, it's actually this weekend, the Saturday and Sunday. But we go into a little bit more detail with Glenn on what to expect, what the trails are like, how the format will work on this race, which is basically the same as the Bigwood, but it goes into it in a little bit more detail. We also chat about how you actually register for a race, what licenses you need. So if it's your first time or if you're thinking of hitting one of these Fighters First Jackson Drill series at some later stage in the year, all the info's on here. Glenn does an absolutely fantastic job of laying it out and how you actually go about registering and making sure you have the correct licenses. So we chat about that, plus loads, loads more stuff on there, as you can imagine with Glenn. It was great to get him back on the show. So without further ado, let's get Glenn back on the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi, Glenn. Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. It's an absolute blast to get you back on the show, bud. I think you're the number one guest on the show so far. Happy days, Gareth. Nice one. Cheers for having me again, dude. It's an absolute honor um, to be on the show. And I think this is the uh, the third time, is it? I don't know. It's three or four. Remember, you took it over at Christmas for an episode oh, as well. Four. <laughs> yeah, we're setting records today as well. Yeah. And I got really nervous about that one. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, it's great to have you on, bro. We'll chat about Big Wood. We'll chat about, you know, the first tracks and Duro thing. We'll chat about the, the next race coming up very shortly here as well. We'll maybe try and get in some insight into that from you. Uh and we'll just have a good old banter. And um here have you have you followed the EWS today? Yes, I, I followed it this morning. I before when I come home from working for a couple of hours before I headed back out again. Mm-hmm. And I did yes, I got the gist of it. Um I seen the Irish lads uh had a few they seemed to be up and down a bit. I know uh Kaylin had a really good second stage, I think it was, and then he he had a bit of a yeah, third stage wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall. And the same like I mean all the lads are charging, aren't they? Like uh, Greg as well. Seeing yeah. a few good stages and then a few ones then as well that kind of off the pace a little bit. I don't know the details really. Uh, so yeah, I'll maybe hopefully catch up with Kaylin or something later on and see what what the crack is like. Yeah. But, 
Uh, Harry yeah. Burke as well was 12 in the under-21s. He wow. had a second, actually. So he, he had a second on the shorter stage, I think the stage two. So, yeah, I was, um, yeah, would have been nice to suppose, <clears throat> spend a bit more time, um, suppose, getting into tune with it. But yeah. uh, just really cool to see racing at that level back on the go again. I mean, it's, it's always something to look forward to, and like whether it's a downhill World Cup or an AWS, uh, even just that excitement that you know your your mates are racing and there's a big race they got going on, and it always brings back memories, doesn't it? Like from back in the day, and yeah, all that. So I think it's just cool. I uh, maybe memories for you, but not memories for me. Missing <laughs> <laughs> <Best> memories. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you can totally understand what those lads are going through. Like, and they put in so much effort, you know, like they're training here all year round. Like, they put in so much effort. Like, and I suppose they got one race, you know, last year. So, uh, well, Kaelin, you know, didn't because of his shoulder. I think it's been a year and a half since he's raced, and he's put yeah. in a huge pile of effort with his recovery and preparation and all that. So, uh, it's just cool to see it kicked off again, and the boys can go back to what they've been. Um, planning and what they've been training to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was just looking quickly through the results there, and uh, Elliot Heap sitting fifteenth. Yeah, that's yes. amazing. But I noticed the I noticed the British flag beside his name. I always thought he flew the Irish flag. No, no, Elliot is from Manchester or Liverpool or something like that. Is he really? James, I didn't even know that. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's English anyway. Right, he, I think he's been hanging around with those boys from the north too long. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, man. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the highlights. No, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a blast. Yeah, long indeed. Class, dude, class. So, like. Your own first tracks in Giro Race One was at Bigwood. There, like, how good was it to get back to racing, man? How did that feel? Yeah, really good. A bit nervous as well, a bit apprehensive how things were going to go. Uh, just, I suppose, in a nutshell, awesome to have racing back. Everybody was buzzing. I was just so excited and happy that everybody was happy. Um, but yeah, the lead up to the race was yeah quite challenging at times with all the restrictions and I think when we decided that we we're going to do the race I think restrictions maybe changed twice in the lead up mm. just trying to keep up everybody up to speed with that and myself up to speed with what you can and can't do and mm-hmm. uh, yeah that was probably the most difficult part I know we got one race as well in last year and certainly everybody just seemed to be buzzing to get back racing so I knew if we could get racing back on the cards again People would be excited, and uh, you know it's yeah, no no problem getting people to sign up. I suppose we had I think the restrictions maybe were was it a hundred hundred we could do, so we decided we'd do a hundred each day, and we thought well that's enough. You know at least we can get racing. That's enough to get mm-hmm. back and to get us going again. And uh, fingers crossed. Uh, in the meantime, we hoped that restrictions would eat up a little bit. So we kind of banked on that and looked at the roadmap, and thankfully, restrictions did ease, uh, and we were allowed up to 200 each day, which was a massive relief. And the weekend of the race, 
I think the stars kind of lined up for us a little bit. Um, Big Wood, Big Wood's a cracking venue. I absolutely love that place. It feels like it's, it's kind of like I was born and bred a little bit in, in Big Wood, mm. you know, biking in there for, I think, about 26, 27 years or something crazy wow. like that. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was just cool to get racing back on the go again. The, the weather and all was nice. Big Wood can be a bit of a hit and miss for a race if the weather's crap. You know, the, it's not a massive elevation there, so the, the, yeah. the trees can kind of turn a little bit quite peddly. It is physical anyway, um, but thankfully it was a really nice weekend. Trails were, were dry and they were flowing really well. Yeah. Um, there yeah, been a lot of forest operations in there as well, kind of during lockdown. Uh, and a load of guys have been in there kind of clearing trails and getting everything going again. And then there was a big push on really the last month leading up to the race. And the trails now are at an absolutely cracking standard. Like, and uh, I was buzzing for about a week after that race, just going, <laughs> still looking at the pictures and the videos and seeing everybody's comments on social media and all. Like, and it's like, yes, that was it was worth the effort. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, as far as lockdown and restrictions and all that goes and things, like, what hoops do you kind of have to jump through there? Like, who are you speaking to to kind of get the go ahead there? Yeah, Big Wood's quite unique. Uh, it's privately owned by Narrowater States. So yeah, it's we go to we go to the Marcus there, and he gives us the go ahead. Basically, after that, uh, it's Cycling Ireland. So all the insurance and all goes through them. You know, we, it's a it's a Cycling Ireland event, mm-hmm. and we run on their rules and UCI rules, uh, uh, and the, the the government guidelines and restrictions, COVID restrictions. So really, it's getting getting everything to line up with the land manager and Cycling Ireland for, for Bigwood. Some of the other venues are a lot more complicated than that. So that was one of the reasons why we wanted to go to Bigwood as well, because we knew it was a lot less complex. You just need to go and ask permission basically of one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, anywhere else, the SSA is, is more complicated. So good place to start, good place to get us back racing. Everybody knows Bigwood. The trails are really good fun. Uh, climbs and all are easy so the ingredients are there i think that's always a good place to start um, yeah it seemed, it seemed to work yeah for sure and like i know the i know the reaction to it was amazing and, and you sold out you sold the places out very very fast like were you were you expecting that or did you think that the the whole covid thing might put people off I know I was expecting a lot of people like yeah I was expect you know from just chatting to people and seeing the stuff online it just seemed to be like the whole buzz and hype seemed to be around can't wait to get back to racing so as soon as the opportunity came we were like right well we can go racing now Cycling Ireland has gave us the green light it was only 100 people and I think the, the, when it was 100 people per day I think that sold out in 24 I don't know what it was exactly about you know, say 24 hours, and mm-hmm. that was it. It was quite difficult trying to keep people up to speed because then the restrictions changed again. People thought, oh, we've sold out. But actually, when we went to the 200 per day, it, it didn't, you know? So yeah. I don't know what it was. I think maybe we had, can't remember now, maybe 150, 160 in one day, 120 or something the next day. So mm-hmm. we had to change the format completely to what we are used to running with. So normally we just have everybody practicing on the Saturday and then resting on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. So 
we change it to the the mashup style format. Uh, so I suppose it's better, just value, better value for a one day event mm-hmm. as such. Mm-hmm. So we had to split the category, sort of half them on Saturday, half them on Sunday. And I think people really liked it. Definitely the feedback was people really loved that format. And uh, we're, we're definitely going to use that again. We're going to use the same one for, for the next race. And we'll certainly certainly look at, depending on the venue, I think that format will work for not all the venues, but a lot of the, a lot of the venues that we are hoping to use this year. Yeah. Uh, it might change slightly, uh, say, next year, uh, if we can get the Irish Enduro Champs again, where we want to kind of raise the standard a little bit. Or if things go back to normal and we can go back to, you know, normal figures and COVID is uh, a thing of the past, uh, we we would uh, definitely use the old format again. Like, so yeah, we're going to mix it up. We're going to mix it up really. Yeah. So Yeah. Cool. Cool. The new format, do you get a practice time slot or anything then? No. So where <clears throat> is a stage open? from 10 o'clock so riders can do the stages as many times as they want in any order they want and it's their fastest stage uh, totaled on each one so mm. if you're fit enough Bigwood it was quite funny actually because Bigwood you mean it's a it's a very easy pedal to the top 10-15 minutes gets you to the top and then a stage is normally in around two minutes and we were expecting, and I think a lot of people were expecting that they're going to do two or three, like maybe 15 stages. But Big Wood's that, that physical, that a race run takes a lot out of you, rather than just going down for a normal ride on a Saturday or Sunday, where mm-hmm. you don't go with that race pace. So it's not so, not so taxing on the body. So I think everybody's tactics changed as soon as the race started, where they had this idea of doing tons, tons of laps. But realized, whoa, this is um, a bit harder than I thought. <laughs> so you do, it's, um, yeah, every like really, it is your approach to the races. You know, it, it does change a lot on you know how what order you do the stages in, uh, how hard you push. Do you do like there is time? It is designed that if you wanted to, and you've never been to the venue before. You could just do like an easy rundown, like a practice lap, if you want to call it that, and then yeah. go back up again and just drive down on a race run. There's mm. plenty of time to do that. Uh, uh, if you have the fitness or not is is a different question, isn't it? So, and um, that's kind of where, yeah, that's where the rest of the fun is. We're trying to, you're trying to um, get that balance where you're asking yourself, "Am I fit enough to do two laps? You know, should I just go for it in the first one?" So there's a bit of thinking involved this time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, I mean, that's, that's the, the fun element, isn't it, of Enduro, that we, it is quite flexible as you know how we change the format and, and the stages, how physical they are, or, or how long they are. You know, there's so much you can do with it, and uh, it all fits under that Enduro umbrella um, that, that we all love. Uh, yeah, no, it's really cool because, you know, you could do a run and then if you really messed it up, you could be like, damn it, I'm going to have to get up and do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what people enjoy. You know, the, the old format's great, uh, but it does put a bit of pressure on. And mm-hmm. uh, there is a few, uh, you know, disappointed because the punctured or the crashed or they made a, you know, made a mess of it. And you only kind of get one shot at it. Where yeah. this format, as you say, if 
if you crashed or made a mistake, you could just go back up and do it again until you're happy with it. Yeah. So it just really took the pressure off, and that's that's exactly what we were aiming for for every race. Well, we do that every race, but for certainly every race this year that we managed to do, uh, the focus is entirely on fun. Um, and I think that format really lends itself uh, for the environment that we're, we're trying to create. So, Yeah, it works well. Yeah. I'm looking at some times here. I'm looking at Gary Donaldson, right? Donaldson. <laughs> Donzo. 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 Uh, oh, amazing. Great, great lad. Now, for stage one, he had three runs, right? right. His quickest run was two minutes, 13 seconds. But he had also a run on there 11 minutes. <laughs> 11 minutes. Uh, that was the first one or second one? That was the second run. Second run. So I'm assuming he's made a wee mistake or something and he's went like, you know what, I'll take this as a wee practice on him. <laughs> he's probably met somebody he's recognised and hasn't spoke to for a while and just stopped. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Catching up, guys. Aye, classic man, classic. Uh, so, you know, it sounds like it was awesome. Like, what was the atmosphere there? Did you notice any difference in the atmosphere from other races, or was it very similar? To me, well, to me, like, it, it's, it's hectic anyway, no matter what. But the difference that I noticed was it felt more like a reunion rather than a race. Wow, okay. So it was just people you hadn't seen in ages, you know, people that you'd normally just see at races. Uh, and I felt, I felt like a mountain bike reunion. So, like, you've just seen loads of people hanging out, chatting. And, oh, I haven't seen you in ages, you know. And because of that new format, uh, the pressure was off everybody. So you could just go about racing at your own time, at your leisure. Uh, so it was basically an, a whole weekend of just hanging out with your mates, riding bikes, no pressure and catching up with them, but guys you haven't seen in ages. So yeah. it felt good. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. That's what it should be, right? Because for the majority of people, you know, that's what it really is about. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a race too as well, and, and there are people that take it fairly serious, mm-hmm. uh, self-included. I, I just love racing, and uh, there's that you know, competitive side of me that uh, just loves taking part. But there's also, also the, you know, that social aspect as well uh, that I that I also enjoy and catching up the boys and cruising up the, the climbs, just meeting different people, saying hello and all the rest of it. And I think that's really what I think the majority of people go for is just a crack. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody has their own agenda and they're racing their friends or they're they're trying to win or they're trying to better this or whatever it is. Like everyone's got their, you know. And their own way targets and, and it's all about a crack at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, a big thing to come out of it was the bike you were riding. Which yeah. surprised me because I know how much you love the summit um and all that vital stuff, but you were you were on the uh the repeat full sauce. Now when I seen you on that I thought I thought that was a cross country bike. And it is, isn't it? Like, it's sold as an XC bike. It is, yeah. So, uh, the Rapide AFS. So, it's 100mm travel at the back. And 110mm. There's a rock shot. 100mm fork. 
on, on the front. And the first time I rode, probably about a year and a half ago or so, a long time ago, I actually had a bike and blitz at a cross-country race, and I literally just got it the night before. And yes, it's a cross-country race, but as soon as I threw a leg over it, I was like, holy, this is more than a cross-country bike. This this, this thing here feels epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I read, I think it was down at Technoc, Balmstow, right in the trail centre. And I just felt overbiked nearly even just for a cross-country race on a trail centre. Mm-hmm. Uh, very different story now if I had been a cross-country race on natural trail. I think the bike would have come into its own then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember even thinking after that, I would love to get my hands on one of those bikes. I was, it just felt like it was so nippy and it climbed really well too, but just on the tra- on the single track, it just felt so comfortable and so grounded, so fast and smooth. But uh, I just thought, I wonder if you could ride that at an enduro race. If you got the right race, you know, would it work? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyway, I literally that was a yeah that was the bike that Vitus had. I think it was one of the first ones, maybe a prototype or something we got, and mm. then it disappeared for a while. And then I got I got my I got one myself, so that little that red bike, my own bike, and I've been riding it through kind of well a bit of lockdown and, and whatnot, and just ragging around the trail centres and ragging around Bigwood. Uh, just with the way the bike comes, it didn't change anything. The only thing just I'd out done, of the box kind of thing. Basically, yeah. The only thing I done from out of the box was put a dropper seat post on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, ran the same tires, everything still, and, and it was a it's a rocket. I think I took sixteen minutes off my fastest lap round Red Loop in Restrever. I couldn't believe it. It is a rocket, and and then Bigwood was coming along, and the road I've been. Just practicing in Bigwood and messing about on it like, and I thought, I wonder if you could race this for an enduro. Still stock at this stage, still kind of same tires. This is where I changed a little bit then. So like it's a cross country fork that, and yeah, it's it's grand for for that purpose. But for enduro racing, it's just a wee bit flexy and the front end's a bit low. So I did I did do my own modifications. So I have a, a Santia, you know, like the wee hardtail bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's got a, it's got a Fox 34, 130 mil travel fork on that. So basically, it's a yeah, a bit of a mix of that bike with so that fork. And I took the wheels off my Summit, so it has like proper enduro tires, proper enduro wheels, uh, and the fork off that other bike, on the driver's seat post. And I put on, yes, so the, the the aim was to have all the positions, so like bar height, uh, bottom bracket height, etc., as close to my enduro bike settings as possible. So with a bigger fork and high-res bars, so we got like some proof resin bars, 38 mil rise, and it was almost identical to the bar height. And the bottom bracket was almost identical as well. I think the wheelbase was slightly shorter, but mm-hmm. that didn't matter. So sitting on the bike felt like sitting on my summit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But to ride it, because it's 100 mil travel and 130 at the front, it was just so nippy. You know, one of those wee flat pedally bits that carried speed. It was just ridiculous how fast it felt in places, uh, how fast it felt. I didn't know how fast it was actually going, and uh, because sometimes 
you can be drawn into the suppose the the illusion that you think you're going fast. Mm-hmm. But it's not until you see your time against the clock where you know you're going fast. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I had this bike and I had this idea and I thought I'd been spending a bit of time on it and I thought I really want to just try this just just for the crack really. It felt good. So on the Saturday for the open race, I went out on the Saturday because I was racing my category races on the Sunday. So mm-hmm. I went out Saturday with kind of the purpose in mind to get a few fast stage fast stages in uh, so I could kind of compare my time to the lads that were racing that day and it was good you know like I put in a few solid runs and I think I had maybe a second or a third or something overall right well figured like that's that's good enough for me I'm gonna race this bike then on the Sunday uh, that was the decision made basically after seeing like actual physical times against somebody else and give it a go and yeah absolutely didn't regret it at all there's no at no point of the day that i thought damn it I made the wrong decision here I should have went with the summit yeah in saying that because of the trails were were very dry on the sunday i do think uh you could have got away with either bike if i had a road in the summit i don't know if i would have went any faster or slower i think it would have been very very close mm-hmm. had the weather have been uh crappy and it had been wet and Big would turned, you know, quite a lot more physical. Uh, I think that bike would have been a much bigger advantage. But wow! I think either bike, either bike would have been competitive. Yeah, it's interesting because I know I was looking at them there, and I know out of the box the repeat is about four kilograms lighter than the summit. Um. And I was wondering if it was a weight thing that you found the biggest difference in, but then you added a lot of a lot of other pieces. So did that put the weight up a good wee bit close to the summit again, do you think? I, I never weighed it. I couldn't tell you what, what it was. Uh, it, yes, it, de- it certainly added weight to it. Now, I think a bike can be too light as well for, mm-hmm. for enduro racing, for, for gravity racing. Uh, great for cross-country, like, but uh, a little bit weight or the right weight for a bike makes it stable enough and attracts the ground and all and it doesn't bounce off everything if it's too light then it's probably too flexy and all as well so mm-hmm. there, there, there is a balance there definitely is a balance uh, and it depends on the train that you're riding on on what uh, what discipline you're doing so it did it felt it felt right it certainly felt right with that travel the weight yes certainly was still a hell of a lot lighter than the, the summit uh, but i wasn't complaining mm-hmm. uh, didn't didn't even feel that sketchy to be honest yeah like uh, really good tires and good brakes and everything you know felt great on it the fork and all was great you know just a a little bit less travel on the back and uh, a bit lighter yeah you know it's interesting like do you think that's maybe a way or something people should look at like slightly less travel on their stuff you know because a lot of people are on these big 170s and things and unless you're doing pretty big stuff, does it really, do you really need it? Like, Yeah, I think there's definitely a bit of truth in that. I think a lot of people are overbiked for, for what they do. And yeah, that seems to be the trend where they, they, they want like a big enduro bike, you know, like a mm-hmm. 170mm travel bike, which is totally fine if you're going to be riding in the Alps or you're doing a lot of uh, downhill stuff. 
you know, or AWS racing, a bike like that is is brilliant. That's what you need. But for generally, just you know, messing about, riding around with your friends, you know, you know, maybe riding the old trail center, going for a bit of a pedal. I think yes, uh, a slightly lighter bike, or you know, a bike with less travel, or mm-hmm. a bike. You know, I I always think, and this is my own opinion, that you know, it's more fun if the trail still challenges the bike a bit. Mm. But if your bike challenges the trail, as in like you're overbiked, then that takes a bit of the fun aspect out of it. Yeah. So you just have to be, be kind of careful. You just have to kind of, you know, suppose, uh, figure out where you ride the most and what you want to do, uh, and then get that uh, the bike that serves the, the right purpose, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, How- generally it's not a Go, mm, well, I might do the odd bit of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not anything. It's just people thinking it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Do you have? Uh, do you have one of the Vita scarps? I don't. Uh, Kato has one. She rides in a scarf, and yeah. I was tempted to actually <laughs> maybe ride ride that a big wood. <laughs> I thought, uh, okay, you mind if I, I did ask her actually at one point and go, yeah, <laughs> make a few modifications here. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the beauty, I suppose, of that sort of Vetus range. They've pretty much got something that fits the bill right through the whole range. Yeah, because I think yeah. that, I think as an all rounder, that bike is probably, probably one of the best out there. Like, yeah, uh, and I have, I have ridden the scarf and it is unbelievable what that bike will ride down i know it's kind of aimed at that sort of all mountain kind of trail market like mm-hmm. but 150 mil travel and she will just just, just chomp through anything yeah Pretty good bike yeah, yeah no, cool it's cool it's great what uh what are you racing at ravensdale i think we'll go with a big dog for ravensdale <laughs> Right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Ravensdale has got some like, you know, fairly gnarly sections. You, you would say town quite steep stuff and all, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's pretty far, pretty far away from from Bigwood. There's a lot yeah. more elevation there, longer longer trails as well, which which is a factor. You know, you can on a short travel bike like that, uh, you can uh, you know fatigue kind of kicks in. A bit, a bit sooner because of the less travel and you're getting bounced around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So on those short nippy trails, you'll get away with that. Uh, where I think on longer trails, yeah, you'll you'll suffer the effects the longer it goes on. So yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I'm not even thinking about it to be honest. I've actually built it back up just as a cross country bike. Um, but no, nah, Ravensdale, Ravensdale, it's uh, like a proper enduro track in it, so it requires an enduro bike. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. So, that's that's the next spot then, Ravensdale. Um, that's the third and fourth of July, right? Yeah. How did the entrances go for that? Because I know they went live there last weekend. Yeah, really good, really good. I think we're up to about three hundred entries now. Jiggers. Yeah. Each day is that, Glenn? You can take two hundred each day, like yeah, that's yeah. the. That's the guidelines uh, at the minute. Uh, and I would imagine by 
think they close next Wednesday, so we've still got a week or so. So yeah, there'll be there'll be a few more gone by then. So yeah, we're looking at a fairly fairly healthy race. Thankfully, it just it just proves that and you know the sport is super healthy and Juro, you know, it's unbelievable the way the direction it's going. The kids that are into it now. So I think over the years we've maybe that youth assessment day that we do, we've taken almost a hundred, you know, youth riders, twelve, thirteen year olds through that assessment that they can race in Juro. Um and we normally have about between 15 and 20 youth riders. And the junior cat had over 50 artists in for Bigwood. And yeah. same again for sale. So, like, it's, it's really cool to see those younger categories just being so on the, on the kids. You know, and competitive as well. Like, the three kids are so fast. It's unreal. It's it is, yeah, it is crazy, man. I was going to ask you about... Um, Big Wood and what you thought of the results and if you th- you seen anybody kind of bursting through there. Like one thing I did notice, the e-bike entries seem to be up quite a lot. That's right. Yeah, I think this is the, well, kind of, well, not count last year. We had 2000, 2018 was the first year I think we had e-bikes and I thought people were going to love this. They're going to be all over it. There, I was, it felt like I was getting messages left, right and centre about you're going to have an e-bike category. So we basically got that one over the line, e-bike category, brilliant, okay, I think four people or five people done it. Aye. It was the same for 2019, there was a few at it last year, the race we done. This year, it just went mental, I think we had 20, 20 plus. Mm-hmm. Again for Ravensdale now, you know, just um, a lot more people into e-bikes, seems to be certainly more accepted, but I just thought maybe, yeah, People maybe did have e-bikes. They just weren't into actually racing e-bikes. They were just using them for, you know, riding around trails and other mm-hmm. races, whatever. But actually racing them, they weren't into it. But I think as well, the format that we're doing now, so you can do the trails as many times as you want, really suits an e-bike. Uh, I think I, you'd need to check this because I've been meaning to check it. But apparently, somebody on an e-bike, 32 or 33 runs at Bigwood. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So you need to check the results. Somebody told me that. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm hoping it's right. Which is really cool. I mean, that's 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 value for value there. It's not like uh, that's a lot, of, a lot of runs, a lot of timed runs. Um, that's what's cool about it. It must have had a spare battery somewhere because uh, that's like six goes on each <laughs> I'm not. trying to I'm trying to look at it here but I can't find I hope I'm right there uh, you probably are hang it only it's certainly possible because I went out on the Monday after the race so it was a really good day and we were just doing the final tidy up collecting all the the signs and, and a bit of a bit of litter that was knocking about not much thankfully uh, so I had a bit of spare time at the end and I had the e-bike and I thought I'm just going to blast out a lap here all five stages in, in boost mode mm-hmm. just for the track and I've done all five stages in, five, in 31 minutes so wow yeah so that if some person did do that you could in theory do the, the five stages uh, in one hour and you've got six hours so yeah that's that's dirty old stages. That's so, unbelievable. 
Yeah, and there were no queues as well. That was another cool thing. We were kind of we were going to do four stages, and then we decided if about two weeks to go, I mean we should do another stage just in case uh, it gets busy up there to kind of dilute the people out a little bit. Yeah, good uh, idea. Five stages, and feedback we were getting was there's practically zero queues of any of the stages, so you could just go up, literally get your breath back throw your goggles on and charge in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Class. Um, and literally, you're up the hill in five minutes and then away you go. Yeah, good man, good. So, sounds amazing. Um, like, Were you surprised with any other results? I, yeah, a few of the guys went fast on Saturday. I know Harry, Harry Byrne, but yeah, there was all the usual suspects, wasn't there? Mm. All the lads that you know are going fast are still going fast you know uh, that's just the way they are isn't it yeah lockdown and no lockdown like those lads uh, are still riding their bikes and you know training hard and always getting ready for any races when they do come around yeah so yeah Donzo was going fast uh, Colin Ross actually <laughs> the rascal uh, he hasn't raced in a while for years don't know what it is exactly how long but uh yeah, it was it was class. I was really excited actually to see his name sort of pop up on the on the entry list. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, we all know Roscoe. He doesn't go slow, like, and he certainly doesn't um, put himself forward for a race if he doesn't think he could win it or be be right up there, like. And uh, yeah, he he done that. He he's fastest time of the day or fast over, over the weekend. So, yeah. Fair to him, like, yeah, so. When does he, when does he fall into your category? Uh, I really don't know. That'll give you a bit of competition. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I never thought of it that way. I, know, I don't even know if that'll happen. I don't even know how 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 much older I am than Roscoe. I was more than ten years. <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, one that was really, that uh, was cool to see was Clarence Ballantyne won the Master A. Yes. Um, I was stoked with that because, you know, I ran into Clarence up in Dava and I know he got a lend of that new nuke-proof mega and stuff and how blown away he was with that thing. So it was really good to see him winning that. I was really pleased for him. Yeah, uh, he's, he's a good pilot. Yeah, Clarence, why I've seen some of his, his footage after too as well. He, he was hanging it out. <laughs> I saw his footage looked amazing. Like there was one Burmy hit, and whoever was filming it or was close to the the camera, you just heard him going, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, that oh, was good, man. It was good to see uh, J Mike doing well as well. Oh, I. Well, there was always a, a wee personal battle there, but J Mike now that we have gone on for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always the first person I check in the results. Did I beat J Mike? <laughs> Jamak <laughs> and it's been a successful day, like. So, uh, yes, we message for you, Jamak. One nil, big lad. One nil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to see, you, man. Good to see. How about the uh, How about the ladies, Glenn? Was there many? Did you notice numbers increase there, or? Yeah. So yeah, the ladies. There's there's always a good turnout for Bigwood. Uh, for for the ladies, I think there's maybe fifteen or or sixteen of them there. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, there was Hannah Mullen, I think Hannah Harvey, probably didn't suit her the best. I think she was maybe fourth or so. Liam Ansel, 
Yeah. So yeah. yeah, they they were all going going really fast. I think like the the ladies category over the last couple of years has got really you know where depending on the venue and whatnot, like there's three or four of them that could could basically win at any time. Like so, it's always good to watch. Ravensdale, mm-hmm. I think there's a fairly good entry there as well. There's a load of girls that I had never even heard of, to be honest. Honestly, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or sixteen in there already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Arm Mavis is going to be in there as well. So she didn't get the race big wig, so I'm sure she'll be right up there in the mix as well. Yeah, so, yeah, always, always get our crack, and the girls always get on great together. Like, and they're always helping each other and having a laugh and all the rest of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good to see. Like looking at the overall times of the girls, you know, it's the difference between putting a foot down and not in a position. You know what I mean? It's that close kind of thing. So uh, yeah, that's really cool. It's really good to see. It's like you say, one one mistake or one slip on a route or something, and you know you could be lying instead of first, you could be lying fourth or fifth. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's really cool to see that. Um, was there anybody you noticed, Glenn? Any of the young guys or anything that you noticed and you were like, "Who's that? That young guy's ripping or that young girl's ripping?" Was there anybody like that you noticed? You want to catch me out here? Are you looking at results or something now, are you? No, no, I'm not. I'm not well, I have results up here, but oh, <laughs> uh, but you know, just I don't, I don't, I'm I don't. The boys planned, and you're like, geez, he's going fast. <laughs> Everybody's going fast. Going fast, you know. So I bought a uh, Jaber's nine. Nobody. Yeah. You know, not even thinking of results, but just thinking of you know some young fella you've seen. Or I'm just trying to get your feel for the health of the whole scene here like what do you think how healthy do you think it is you know you're the man that's you know you're really well tapped in like how do you think it's going yeah i think it's great i uh, i mean we do that that youth assessment day at the at the start of the season each year and so it's fresh faces every time and you see these wee kids and and you're thinking geez you know like they're only 12 like you know they maybe struggle with this and you're go- you're blown away every time you're going like wow Look at look at those kids. They've obviously they've spent a lot of time in their bikes and messing about at home or messing about in their local trails. And then when you get to watch them, you know it's just really cool. And you chat to them as well, and they kind of they're following the scene, you know, and they know all about Greg and Keelan and all those lads. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're asking questions, and they're like, "Ah, these these lads are into it. Like, you know, you know, they spend a lot of time doing this. They're enjoying it, Leon." So I think I really think for certainly for enduro racing like it's 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 going though it's definitely going the right direction like you know there's plenty mm-hmm. of racing there in ireland um of a really really good standard you know any like the you know the grassroots series or you know the the gravel enduros not all have super fast riders and the races are of a really good high standard well well put on so yeah i mean that's just exactly you know the right ingredients for the kids to get involved the race against really fast people so they know kind of the standards they need to be at yeah so i think it's only a matter of time before ireland start producing you know even more 40 class riders mm-hmm. like yeah. we call them and all there as well i know he didn't get the the race uh a big word but I've been riding with him recently, like, and uh, the wee man's a weapon on a bike, like. So, I mean, anything that goes downhill, uh, you know, steep, 
he is right on pace. Like, I think he still has a wee bit of ground to do. Um, so, and a wee bit of work to do on his fitness and all. Like, but certainly, uh, if it's steak, he's gone as fast as anybody there. Yeah. Wow. Great to hear, great to hear. And, you know, it's great to see <clears throat> Beefy and stuff doing things with race fit and all, all the kids out with him. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, fair play to Beefy. You know, he seems to be doing good things there up on, on the North Coast. And uh, I follow him on the old Insta Slam. And uh, he's doing he's doing plenty up there. And I, he seems to be he seems to be busy with the coaching uh, on the, the wee summer camp things and all that he's doing, like, you know, so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was crazy when I was chatting to him about it. It blew my mind how busy he was. I was like, really? Up there? Like, you know? <laughs> you know yeah, I mean, geez, especially, you know, the last few years and all, and I suppose maybe lockdowns helped a little bit, like, but, yeah, I mean, people, like, mountain biking now. Mountain biking used to be this thing, didn't it, where, like, oh, what do you do? Mountain biking, what's that? Sort of, you know, uh, right? Where do you mm-hmm. go with it? You're mad, you're mad. But now it nearly feels like it's almost like a mainstream sport. Crazy. So yeah, all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the Definitely. kids are, imagine are going to school and they're talking about it and all. Uh, so it's not just the usual old bollocks that they're mm-hmm. going to school now. Like you know, and having people like Beefy and all the people out there that are offering you know the the coaching and uh, develop their skills is, is brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot. Of you know, mums and dads out there as well that are into into mountain biking, and I'm sure they just want to, you know, have their kids come along with them on on the big on on big rides and stuff like that as well. Great, there's people out there that are that are trying to help. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now let's chat a little bit about Raven's Deal. Um, I want to just chat briefly with you for somebody that's new, say, that's thinking of trying this racing thing. Like, take us through the process of having. The correct licenses and stuff like that for entering a race. Like, how do you go about it if it's your first time? What do you have to do? Okay, so the first thing you need to do is establish if uh, you're going to get yourself a race license or you're going to get an event license. So, generally speaking, depending on what license you get, um, you probably should be thinking about doing at least four or five races in the season to justify actually buying a race license. Now that gets a bit more complicated. Uh, this year, Cycling Ireland have decided that they're not going to be offering event licenses to riders under 18. So basically, uh, if you're under 18, you have to get a Cycling Ireland license if you want to race. You have no mm-hmm. choice. Uh, they are fairly cheap. Uh, I think they start about maybe 20, 30 euro. Uh, so there's like an under 12 license and there's an under 14 license, etc. on up to the juniors, uh, the under 18s. Uh, I think they're maybe about 40 euro. Uh, and then after that, uh, you need the minimum of a limited competition license if you want to race uh, off-road disciplines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're slightly cheaper than the full license. So if you're racing road and all that kind of crack, there's, there's uh, the, full, the full race license. Uh, and I think they're about, I think they're about 90, 90 euro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can either join a club so you go to your local club, you join that. There's normally a joining fee for your club. If you don't want to join a club, uh, you have to get an unattached race license. So I think there's a small fee for that as well. So there, so the, the first thing you need to do is establish what license you need to get. So go on to Cycling 
ireland.ie and just you'll see their membership and then all the information there on the price list and all for your race license is, mm-hmm. is on there so once you've done that uh to race one of our races then when the entries are open so we use si entries for our online registration so you need to go in there basically uh what age you are you you know you pick your category mm-hmm. and then select your category um just basically follow all the stuff that's uh, that i've just prompts you to do fill in your details just the usual stuff name address date of birth etc etc your license number and once you've signed up you are pretty much good to go again youth writers have to do that assessment day um that's something cycling ireland has set there a few years ago but generally for everybody else i whenever online registration closes we send out like a competitor information email so that's basically tells everybody where to be when to be there and what happens format parking is there camping all that i mean you can you can check out our facebook page as well we're fairly active on there so people can you know we drop things in there pretty much most days on the lead up to event Mm -hmm. whatever's happening like you know yeah so that's that's basically it yeah Um, yeah it's pretty straightforward really once you get your head around it yeah it is pretty straightforward and imagine you know first time it's a little bit complex for the the license process and then the registration once you've done that that's it that's it you just show up and then yeah the stages are open from 10 to 4 each day do the stages any order you want as many times you want and away you go and that's yeah oh you just enjoy riding your bike after that yeah that's pretty cool and i know you can enter say in one of your races you could enter more than one category as such couldn't you so you could kind of let's say you wanted to do an e-bike race and you wanted to do uh whatever category you fell into that would be two separate entrance fees would it be how does that work yeah yeah i know what you're saying not many people really have done that so right maybe what you're thinking of is the open category possibly yeah probably yeah so the idea behind that is uh we have 11 categories so we have to split them over the two days so the younger ones up to like master b go on the saturday and everybody else so like hardtail e-bike women master b right up to the vets all go on the sunday so once everybody enters their age category if you like then if there's places still available we can open the that the open category if you get me mm-hmm. uh, so it becomes available so basically if you want to race the two days uh, say for bigwood there was we had 150 people that had entered into their race category so there's still 50 slots available in the open race okay you get me and then obviously on the sunday if you've been racing on the saturday then there's an open race as well on the sunday mm-hmm. if that makes sense, does it? yeah yeah totally totally no that's a great way to do it actually it's brilliant yeah so yeah it just gives people options whether they just want to race in their in their category and spend their saturday or sunday at home or doing something else or if they really want to spend all weekend racing their bike that they enter the open category in the day that their category is not racing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that makes more sense. 
but yes, what you were saying is also possible, but I don't think anybody's done it. Right. Somebody will. So basically, <laughs> yeah, there are most of the categories. Nine of the categories are age orientated. Uh, and then you've got e-bike and hardtail. So in theory, you could race in your you could race in seniors on Saturday and on Sunday go, mm, I wouldn't mind racing an e-bike or I wouldn't mind racing in the hardtail category, you mm-hmm. know, on the on the Sunday and do that. So you could race two separate categories if you want to, or just do the open category. But yeah. the open category is literally male, female, um, any bikes, any age, just go for it. And then it's like uh, the fastest person gets under quid. But a crack. It's just cool. Yeah, hundred bells, nice one. Um, so the Ravendale is going to have that same setup then. Exactly the same. Yeah, exactly the same format as Bigwood. There'll be five stages. The stages are longer. The whole loop. There's a lot more climbing. So if you want to compare them, a uh, Bigwood was roughly five hundred meters of climbing. Uh, Ravensdale would be about eight hundred meters of climbing. Um, for all five stages. So on a winning time of probably twelve minutes. Okay. But some longer stages. Some stages are three to four minutes long. So I think the way we're, we've got like two short stages, three long stages. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Where Big Wood was all in around like the two minute mark for each stage. Yeah, so I'll test I'll test you a bit longer there. Yeah. So the stages are, you know, a more technical and longer yeah and a bit more climbing to do so yeah it's a bit of a yeah a bit of definitely a bit of a jump up there yeah cool the trails trails are unbelievable anybody that's been riding down at raven sale or any locals just know how good it is it is in my opinion again probably the best place to ride a bike in ireland wow Crazy. And the locals, the locals keep the trails at a like a super high level all year round. They do an absolutely cracking job down there. Like so, we're a player to them. Hats off to them, and massive thanks to all the guys in Kukulin Club for letting us use their trails as well for for the race. Yeah, yeah, perfect, man. Well, when this goes out, Glenn, it'll be let's see, it'll be Thursday the first, so it'll be two days until the race, right? Um, so if somebody hears this and wants to enter or wants to find out if they can enter, if there's still spaces left, it'll be closed by then, will it? It will, yes. Right, so okay. it's closed if you're just listening to this now. <laughs> yeah, so, and there's no roll up and roll no. up and roll on or nothing like that. Sorry, you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's, that's not our doing. That's a, uh, yeah, COVID basically. Um, everything has to be done online now so our whole registration process has completely changed from when COVID started and it's been a good thing as well everything has to be done online now so basically we are trying to eliminate contact uh, when you arrive up to the race so uh, all this crap about uh, getting your event license uh, at the race uh, won't be happening anymore you don't have to actually physically sign a piece of paper you know, like you used to do. Mm-hmm. So everything's done online. All the waivers are ticked. All the COVID stuff is ticked. All your emergency details is done. Your event license is done. Your normal race license. Everything's done online. So whenever you turn up to race, 
all you have to do is get your bike ready, go and collect your number board and collect your timing chip and get onto the trails. It is a very, very quick process now with absolutely minimal contact. Yeah, wow, it's crazy. Soon we'll have to be riding in half suits or something. <laughs> I, well, you know, I know what you're saying, but it, it, I mean, it's been great for us because, like, yeah. it, I mean, there was, there was no cues. That's, it's, it's always a nightmare. It used to be a nightmare. As soon as registration opened up, there was like 150 people standing there for 15 minutes. And then it's just mayhem. And it takes an hour or so for it to calm down because you're guaranteed that somebody didn't bring their license with them or didn't feel like the thing right or they've done something wrong. And you're going, oh, there's 100 people standing behind you. And you're like holding everybody up. But now it's meant to be everything's done online. Everything's done right online. Um, uh, bar maybe 20 people out of all those people, we kind of send them over to what we're calling the naughty trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but everybody else, if you've filled it out correctly, you're basically, you're there, lift your number board, lift your time chip, and you're gone. You're on your bike. Yeah, Which, cool. Yeah. And people will enjoy that more, I would think, anyway. I think so, yeah. Like, I mean, nobody wants to stand in the queue, do they? Like, it's, no, especially when it's raining. Especially when it's raining. Like, I mean, it's all right if you want to um, yeah, get wet. But mm-hmm. uh, really, no, nobody likes standing around. Yeah, you've all dead a chat to your mates up on the mountains, like so. Uh, you don't need to be standing in the queue waiting to uh, sign a piece of paper and do all that. Yeah, so yeah, cool. there's definitely there's definitely good things that have come out of this. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Is spectators allowed up at it? Uh, spectators were allowed at Bigwood. Yeah, no, no problem there. Again, you know, where I was the north, Northern Ireland, so restrictions were different. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're slightly different again in the south. So yeah. The, yeah, unfortunately, there's no spectators. No spectators. Okay, that's that's a pay. Now, just for future reference, like if somebody's wanting to do a wee bit more, wanting to help you, want to get involved, like how can they help out, or what can they do to to help get the the trails prepared, or just help you out on the day? What's available for people there? Yeah, there's a few things actually. So, uh, if people want to marshal. You know, we're always uh, you're always keen to get marshals on board, and we 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 have a pool of marshals, I suppose, and we we text them and sort of. There's some people absolutely love it and wouldn't miss a race, uh, and then depending on the venue, uh, we try to get new people in, or if I know somebody misses or whatever, like or hungover or something out there and they can't make it, or they change their mind last minute. Uh, <laughs> There's all, it's always good, you know, that we have a couple of, you know, spare marshals knocking about. So, yeah, if you want a marshal, uh, let us know. And you get uh, it's 40, 40 pounds worth of CRC vouchers. You get your you get fed and all that crack and great does crack. So, yeah, you can help out that way. Um, best way maybe to get involved as well, if you want to get involved with the kind of trail building or the trail maintenance, is just to get involved with your local club or get involved with the, the guys that are out there digging trails and building trails, get to know them. Yeah, put, put some time and effort into your, your, your local trails. I mean, we obviously know the guys in each of the areas, and uh, we do what we can do as well to help them out. That's what we were at today and yesterday. So just getting the trails up to a really good standard for racing. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah. cool. 
Sounds amazing. Now, so where can people go to find out more about upcoming races and events for the Vitus First Tracks and Giro stuff? So the best place is our Facebook page. So it's just the Vitus First Tracks and Giro Cup. And then we have uh, an Instagram account as well. So it's Vitus First Tracks MTB. And we post there as well. But like, yeah, most of the information is on our Facebook page. That's where it's, yeah, we're, we're active most of the time. Grand, dude, grand. Well, here, I hope it goes well, man. I'm sure you'll have a blast um, and you'll be probably looking to take the win again, I would think. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. I'll be there anyway for the crack. <laughs> How many times have you won now? Can you count Can you count that high? I really don't know. Have you, um, got, have you got a trophy room at home? Oh, jeez, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what we call it a trophy room, like, but um, I... The, the bike shed or the bike room <laughs> Diego likes to call it the garage it sounds like it's not a garage <laughs> so uh, yeah but I've got a wee, wee shelf on there with a few trophies and a few medals hanging up like so yeah cool cool it's like the wee medals you used to get for swimming at school you remember them yeah all of, all of memories eh? all of memories <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, here, thanks for coming on, bro. It's been a blast getting caught up with you and figuring out how things are going to go in the future, which looks very bright indeed. So thanks for coming on chat, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, Gar. That's a wrap for episode 198. I hope you enjoyed that, folks, and good luck to anybody that's competing this weekend at Ravensdale. I hope it all goes well. And thanks, Glenn, again for coming on the show, mate. It was great to get you on and have a chat, as always, and I hope everything runs smoothly for you there and you take another win this weekend, so good luck. Now, folks, if you enjoyed the podcast and you want to know a little bit more, want to know a little bit more about the Vitus First Tracks Enduro, just go to the show notes. You'll find them at mtb-tribe.com. Search for Glenn's episode 198 and you'll get more info there, social links, all the good stuff to get you involved. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show your support, the best way is simply by subscribing, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts because every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people now if you're not on apple don't worry you can find and subscribe via stitcher spotify podbean iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts from we also have a website that you can visit mtb-tribe.com you will find the complete back catalog there listen to every show and download everything from there for free you can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the podcast now, if you want to get involved with the show, if you want to message me, you will find me on social media at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook, or simply fire me off an email, info at mtb-tribe.com. I do read all the emails and I will get back to you. So that's it for this week, folks. That's all I've got for you. But until next week, to we have another MTB Tribe podcast for you. As always, get the bikes out, hit the trails, and stay MTB stoked.